This is Actor Self Coach, the actor's resource for emotional well-being. This is your phenomenal life. Know this. There's nothing you can't do. There's no problem you can't solve if you learn to manage your mind. So let's go. Welcome, everyone. How are you doing today? I'm in the middle of the actor. I've been pinned for something. You don't know how many people are pinned. It could be three. It could be 20. You know, it's like a callback without doing the work, but you don't know your status. Have you been there? Do you, do you know what that's like? Which kind of ties in to what we're going to think about today, actors and resilience. It's such an important quality, and I think we, we take it for granted that we're resilient because our career <laughs> requires that of us. Any, any career where you have to constantly reset, we have new scripts, new opportunities, requires that ability to bounce back and the capacity along with that to recover quickly from difficulties. So we're problem solvers. We're problem solvers on set, on stage, backstage, along with our crew and wonderful stage managers. We are programmed to think, how can I fix this? How can I make this better? How can the show go on? And we need to be able to do that for ourselves as well. Hopefully it won't feel like an emergency, the way it can feel sometimes on stage or on set. It's not an emergency, generally, for us when we're thinking about managing our mind. But knowing that we can do it quickly if we need to is a useful tool. And I want to share that with you today. We need competence and confidence in challenging times, whether as actors or humans, right? Competence and confidence. These are the anchors for us when we navigate challenges. So that's a lot of C's. Got your challenges. To get through them successfully, we need competence and confidence. So how do we increase those qualities? And most of us are aware that our competence increases by repetition. And our confidence stems from doing something well. Sometimes that's noted by others. You do that really well. I really love how you do that. Many more times it's only known by us. We have to know it. We have to generate that confidence. So we can get it from the outside world. People that get awards might feel confident that they can do that. And we can also get it and more importantly get it from ourselves. And have, have you experienced this when one calamity or even one just poorly timed overheard criticism of you can bring you totally down so quickly to, to the bedrock, is seemingly creating an avalanche of negative thoughts about yourself so very quickly, so very quickly. And this happens regardless of the status you've decided the world affords you. So you can be a celebrity be starting out. You can have a lifelong career as an artist. All of us experience this. Just like many of our bodily functions, we are all experiencing that. Don't think anyone's sitting around not going through some of the things our bodies do to us. Also with our minds, just know that we go right back to the cave 
and try to avoid pain. So remember, our primitive brain wants to highlight the negative. That's a survival technique ingrained in our evolution. The negative events stick out from all the positives. So we remember that danger. We circle it. We underline, italicize. We repeat it so we won't forget it. Danger, danger. That's why sometimes we keep returning to the same mistake, the same regrettable remark, the same accidental hurt. Our mind keeps going back to there, and we're like, why can't I get over that? That's ridiculous, that person. I don't even know them, and yet I'm sitting here with this hurt in me. It's because our primitive brain is trained to do that. Go back to that. Note it. Make a big note of it so we can avoid that next time. The phrase we learn by our mistakes, certainly true. But we, we learn chiefly because we don't want to do it again. We fear it. We want to avoid that pain. So that motivational triad again, we plummet down emotionally and we want to avoid the thoughts that cascade over us just coming coming and coming. And remember, our brain also wants to be efficient, so it leaps so quickly to the thoughts it has always used. I'm no good. I deserve this. The world is not fair. I never get a break. They will hate me. They will know me. They don't like me. I'm a failure. With thought work, with any work that expands our capacity to think with clarity and allows us to manage our mind, repetition also helps. Just like when we work our bodies, right, with yoga or strength training or running, any of those, our mind also requires that repetition. The more turns we get with the role, the more facile our bodies and voices are at navigating the show. This is not a quality judgment. doesn't mean we're better. It just means it's less of a stressor. So you can be brilliant in your first preview, or you can be on your way to brilliance, right? It's a process. This is a path. We know that. We know know how we work. Sometimes we need the parameters, the bad and the good, that this works and that works. So let me find what is best for the show, the scene, the moment for me in an audition as well. So it's not about quality. It's just about knowing that if I repeat this, if I do it again, then I get that competence. And once I have the competence, that means you know you can do something because you did it already. There's less stress there on your mind. For those of us who have worked as covers and swings in the theatrical community, we all have a number of times we'd prefer to do a role. And then we can believe, okay, I got this. I understand this track. My number right now is about four, four shows, to get comfortable, competence. And then I like another four or so, and I love it when they're together. If you can string them in a row, you don't always get that, to explore the role, so to be confident. So really eight shows, which is a week of shows. You don't always get that, but when I get that, I feel the competence Like, okay, I understand that. I get the parameters of this role, the track, the physical movement, what I have to think, what I have to feel, how I have to take care of my body, and then another four or so to explore it, to bring that confidence. Now, it works differently in film and in auditions and in self-tapes. You have to know yourself and do the work just initially. It doesn't tend to change very much. 
as we get more and more accomplished, maybe the numbers will go down. But to get that competence and then confidence for auditioning, for doing work, for performing, those are the things that connect it for us, competence, and then the confidence comes. But for resilience, we have to take a look at those things, those events in life that we're not expecting, or those events we don't want to get good at, like losing a loved one. We don't really want to repeat that so that we can get competent at it, confident we can handle it. That sounds terrible. Because we don't want to experience them. How do we get good at handling that in the absence of repetition? How can we build our resilience before the event? So one way is to increase our capacity to hold thoughts that create compassion for ourselves and others. These thoughts need to be believable to us. It can't be something that we saw in a book or on a card or on an Instagram post that sounds nice for them. It needs to ring true to you. And then those thoughts need repetition. Remember, repetition created competence. See how I'm repeating myself through here? (laughs) So we're going to get competent at these concepts. Repetition creates competence. And competence, when we hold that awareness of it, leads to confidence. So we can always act confident. We know how to do this. We can act most things. If that works for you, terrific. But the thought work that will most successfully carry you through difficulties works differently. Before we change anything, we need to be aware of it and how it is affecting us right now. Then we can decide to change how we feel about it if we like our reasons. So there is an event in your life in the world. You only take the facts of it. And based on these facts and we call this your circumstance, you define the thought, which is one sentence in your mind, that you have about it. So based on facts, your circumstance, you find the one sentence in your mind that you have about it. That's how we're going to grow awareness, through the repetition of practicing this. So let's take some examples. Being miscast, and I have quote marks that you can't see around miscast, not booking after, just fill in the number of auditions, what would seem negative to you, let's say, not booking after 17 auditions. And another example would be negative reviews. First, let's take being miscast, again, with those quotes around miscast. If you worked for any period of time, you may have felt this about yourself. You may appreciate the role, but not understand why you received the offer. (laughs) You may feel physically or mentally inappropriate for it. Or someone else may have said that or written that about you. And let's face it, we aren't all going to excel at every part. It's just not possible. But you will bring your individuality to any role, your exceptional self. So if we're going to write down the circumstance... Let's say you feel you aren't performing to the standard you want to because you were miscast. Here's the news. We can't use that as our circumstance because it is not a fact. It's not factual. Our circumstance 
and many in my coaching world call this your C-line, cannot be subjective. It needs to be factual, dry, court of law, facts, as much that as we can make it. So instead of writing, I am miscast, you could write, I am cast as Jean. That could be your circumstance. If you write down a C and then a colon, and then you can, you can write, I am cast as Jean. Then your thought about that circumstance is, I am miscast. Because that's just a sentence in your mind. I am miscast. That's what you're thinking about it. And then the feeling you get when you think that thought, I am miscast, could be uninspired or frightened, defensive. So you would pick the one that feels relevant right now, right as you're writing. Then that mental continuum from the brain to the body, the thought, I am miscast, creating a feeling of uninspired, creates your actions. And when I say actions, I mean both things you do and things you don't do. So your actions are things you do and things you don't do. So again, from that thought-feeling partnership, you might not make strong choices. You might cycle in worry. You might complain to other actors. You might not work on creative ways to feel right in the role. You might not use your time efficiently. So when you have that thought, I am miscast, you feel uninspired, those are the things that you might do or not do. And the result of all of those actions, the things you do and don't do, could be you aren't believably Gene. So can you see how this works? You have created the very thing you thought you were, miscast. Now, in the notes of this podcast, I'm going to have that written for you so you can check down and see what it would look like written out. And then you can do some on your own when you are feeling like you want to develop more awareness to get the competence of working this. So the next example You haven't booked work after many auditions. Again, we start with the facts here. Many is not factual. For you, many could be four. For me, many could be 72. But you could write in the circumstance line, the C line, I have not received an offer in seven months after 27 auditions. That's factual. I could prove that if I had to. You would then have a thought about it. Probably a lot of thoughts, but they could be, I'm a failure. I will never work this year. My time is past. I'm doing something wrong. You, you would come up with your own thought here. But those are four that you could conceivably have based on not receiving an offer in seven months after 27 auditions. Let's say the strongest thought right now in this moment is, I will never work this year. That could create a feeling of fear or dejection. So let's pick dejection. From the feeling of dejection, the actions might include not taking care of your body to be ready, not working as thoroughly on auditions, buffering, watching TV shows other actors get to do, overeating or drinking, overconsuming. And the result of these actions or inactions could be I don't book work this year. 
And that directly comes from the thought you were thinking, which was, I will never work this year. So this work, this laying out of how a single thought has the power to direct or derail our moments, days, lives is so beautiful. Because as soon as you do this work and you practice it developing competence, using this coaching model, you can become aware. Then and only then can you begin to change, to align with what you want, who you want to be, Move toward your desires instead of toward blame, shame, and disappointment. And this model of coaching of thought work, I learned from Brooke Castillo, a wonderful thought work leader in the industry of coaching, and she devised it after studying the work of Abraham and many others. So you can look into that on your own if you want further knowledge. And now that last example, you get a bad review. And we know this now, we cannot use bad in the sea line because your bad is not my bad. We can write, the critic in the Daily Sun-Times wrote, quote, the actor playing Charlotte seemed unsure and vague, close quote. So I could write that down in my sea line if that is a direct quote. Then the thought about that could be, that is unfair, or Everyone will read this and believe it. Or she did not understand what I was doing. So I'm just going to pick everyone will read this and believe it. So that could create a feeling of embarrassment. And in turn, actions such as rethinking your choices during the play, loudly proclaiming, I don't read reviews (laughs) to anyone who's there, uh, rereading the review compulsively, and also buffering that sort of over-consuming, avoiding feeling. And the result of that could be, I pull back from the show. So from that thought, everyone will read this and believe it. The result of it could be, I pull back from the show, which is probably not the result that I want. So we're going to talk about artistic criticism in a future podcast, but I wanted to begin with this model of thought work. If this is new to you, it will take practice to get competent or be able to run your own models. Now I can do these in my mind. I still like to write them down, but if it's not available to me in that moment to write them down, and again, I do prefer, I encourage you to write it down by hand, You can certainly type them, but I I like that body connection to your mind. Your mind to your hand is a different path, and you learn different things from that. So try to do that if you can. Some people do this for five minutes every morning. Some people add this to their journaling practice. Some people hire coaches to do it with them weekly. Um, Some people just turn to it when they have a problem. I use it to clear out my mind. I don't do it daily, but I do it several times a week. And I do it almost every time I have a problem. Even if I think I know what the solution is or what my decision would be, I'll run the model to see if I can get further clarity because it makes you simplify to one sentence in your mind and one feeling and see what that creates for you. 
And we'll also talk in the future about intentional models. That's a model that we want to lean toward, where we keep the exact same circumstance, so that sea line would be the same, but we do the work to change our thought about it to something we can believe, but that moves us closer, edges us closer to the life we desire. And it's it's really thrilling work. It really is. It, it's just the way you do a little something every day or every week, and suddenly you realize you have become expert at that. And then you will be resilient. Because whatever life throws you that you don't expect, those things that we don't want to practice getting good at because we don't want to experience them, they are on the negative side of our 50-50 for sure. But what you will know is, I have a way to handle it. I know how to coach myself through that. I know where to go for help. I invite you to open your mind to that idea that your thoughts create your feelings. That your feelings don't just pop up from nowhere. They are truly coming from a sentence in our minds. So the work is truthfully finding the sentence, your sentence. Now, sometimes you need a coach to help with this. I know I do. I have so many thoughts floating around. Sometimes you need an outside eye to help you see what you are thinking. It can be like a tornado, right? All these thoughts come up, particularly when something incites us. We see something as negative or fearful. A lot of thoughts explode. And we sometimes look at all of them, feel overwhelmed instead of extracting the ones that are really bothering us, the ones that are really causing us to feel negative things. So this process is very personal, very individual. In self-coaching, you really need to sit with your mind and allow those thoughts to rise up to the surface. And this can take a few minutes. And then you pick the strongest one right now for you. It could be different tomorrow. It could be different in an hour. It doesn't matter. You're going to take the thought right now. So that is how you start. And my actor friends... With love, I say to you, this work can truly change your life. Remember, we aren't trying to change the circumstance. We can't change the world and what it's giving us. We can only control ourselves, our minds. We have the facts before us. Everything else we can change if we like our reasons. Isn't that amazing to know? just incredible. Resilience is coming. It's growing in you. The next time, and perhaps something is stewing in you now, just roiling and bothering you, the next time you have a circumstance that you consider negative, you will be aware that you can figure out why you are feeling the way you feel by teasing out that thought, by seeing what the feeling is And then knowing, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Because I'm feeling this way. And do I want that result? Before you try to change anything, figure out where you are. Again, it's like you get in a car and you just start driving before you figure out where you are now. Therefore, that will help you get to the place where you want to go. Our minds are just the same. If you just start taking action... If you just decide things based on thoughts you haven't looked at, 
You may get there. You may get there quickly. You may never get there. You are much more likely to take good care of your mind the way I'm sure you're taking good care of your body if you find out where you are now. Then your mind can ease up a bit knowing that you can figure out a path here, that you can have your back as you work through this problem or this thing that feels right now, right in this moment like a problem. Then the next step is deciding what to do about it. That's the next step. This is the beauty of this model for self-coaching. More soon on all of this. And that's a lot. You may want to re-listen to this. And I really encourage you to take a few minutes this week and write down some models. Write down what's going on for you. Start to do this work. If you do it now, get some practice in. You'll be developing that resilience for when you need it. You may not need it right now, but you may need it soon. I'd love for you to have this tool. Have a beautiful week.